I want to I raise a passage of scripture that was read in your hearing today in Matthew 17. I just, um, just want to raise it just a, just a moment. I ain't going to be long. Matthew 17, verses 1, 1 through 6, 1 through 5 is what I'll read. I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. You heard it in the New King James. Let me read it from the Message. It says, six days later, three men saw that glory. Jesus took Peter and the brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. His appearance changed from the inside out right before their eyes. Sunlight poured from his face. His clothes were filled with light. Then they realized that Moses and Elijah were also there in deep conversation with him. Peter broke in. Master, this is a great moment. What would you think if I built three memorials here on the mountain? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was going on like this babbling, a light, radiant cloud enveloped them, and sounding from deep in the cloud a voice, this is my son, marked by my love, the focus of my delight. Listen to him. For the next few moments, I just want to said give this word we can't stay here we can't stay here you may take your seats <clears throat> as high as this moment is right now in the house and there's a great anointing in the house I feel the flow of God in this room as high as this anointing is we can't stay here some of you right now still have the glad glads on the inside. Others of you don't know what to do with the emotion you are feeling right now because you never quite felt like that before. Unfortunately, some of you don't know what you're feeling and you don't know if you feel anything at all. But I'll talk to you later. It's amazing how the anointing of God can enter the room and how God's presence can be felt among us. How we can see the very demonstration of God's power right before our eyes. And no matter how many times God moves and no matter how many great things God does, no matter how high God takes you into the atmosphere, no matter what God does on the pinnacle moments when God decides to move in on your practical everyday life, and touch you, we can't stay here. I wish we could stay up on the mountain. I wish, uh, I wish we could stay there. I wish we could stay in his presence like that. I wish every day I could feel what I just felt. Uh, I, I, I don't run like I used to run, don't shout like I used to shout, but, but there was something all over me. I could have danced all night. Uh, yeah, there, there was something in the atmosphere that, that made my legs tremble and move. I, my knees are not what they used to be, and I've had a broken sore foot most of the year, but, but there was something that put a tap in my foot that made a sore foot want to run. There's something about the presence of God. When, when God is moving, there's something about the anointing of God that'll put clapping in your hands and running in your feet and a hallelujah in your mouth. 
there, there's something about the presence of God that will lift you up and radiate through your soul and your soul becomes a witness even if your body wanted to be still but your soul says hallelujah anyhow. Uh, you could have come in mad, but you felt the anointing and all of a sudden, whatever it was you upset about didn't matter anymore because the anointing of the Most High God... Uh, I'm blessed because of the anointing. I'm, I'm excited because of the anointing. I, I get happy in the anointing. I, I pray in the anointing. I pray for the anointing. I want God to move me by his anointing. I want to be in his presence. I, I want to be close to him. I, but we can't stay here. I wish I could. I wish I, I wish you could just hang around. I, let, let me bless somebody's soul here before I, I press my claim too much. If you notice, the Bible says that Peter, James, and John, the inner circle, went with Jesus up the side of a mountain, and they get up there, and they have an experience with God, and God shows them the, 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 the Christ transfiguration, the, the, the a Christophany, if you will. They, they see the move of God before them. I want to give somebody some good news. If, if you stay close to Jesus, even if you're not perfect, he'll let you see something. I want to help somebody right now. I know, I know you're still struggling. I know things ain't quite right with you yet. You haven't got everything straight yet. All the I's are not dotted. All the T's are not crossed. There's still some things you'd like to reconcile with God. But before you give up, I want to tell you, if you stay close enough to Jesus, even though he's still working on you, he'll show you stuff that other folk won't see. Reverend, why would you say something like that? Well, I know for sure that Peter had a problem with cussing. I know for sure that Peter had a problem with holding on to doing everything that Jesus said. I know for sure that Peter had some issues when it comes to carrying a weapon because at the last hour he cut a man's ear off. I know for sure he had some issues. And if he could be close to Jesus and see a revelation, oh, baby, you ought to realize he'll take you if you get close to him. He'll take you if you want to be near him. He'll hold on to you even though you're not all there yet. If you keep pressing into him, if you stay close to him, he'll show you some things. Look at somebody say, neighbor, Jesus is patient with me because he knows he's not finished with me yet. The reason he'll show you something is because he's working on you, preparing you for the next thing he's about to do. And since you are included in the plans going forward, he said, even though you're not ready to fulfill your mission yet, I'll get you close enough so that you can get a foretaste of what's going to happen in this place. I want to bless somebody here. I know you think you ought to give up. I know you think you ought to quit. I know you think you're not ready to be saved yet. You're not ready to be in church yet. You still got some things you're trying to work out. I want to tell you like this. You come here and let God work them out with you. Don't you try to figure it out on your own. You haven't figured it out this far. You ought to let God take control of it. You're never going to straighten you out. You've been trying to straighten you out your whole life and you haven't 
may be able to do it, but I declare before heaven and earth, if Jesus fixes it, he'll fix it and make it all right. Uh, that was a side note, didn't mean to go there, but I just, I just, I, I, I can picture in my mind here, as they get up on top of the hill, they're there at this place, and, and when they're there, they, they, they arrive, and, 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 and if, you, if you read the text in Luke, the, the, the same synoptic gospel of Luke has the same story, but in Luke it says that when they got up there, the disciples fell asleep, just like they did in the garden or would do in the garden, they, they fell asleep. I, I don't know if it was the journey getting there. I don't know if it was walking up the mountain to get there. But I know they fell asleep. I ought to help somebody here. Your humanity is a known quantity to God. Let me do it again. I'm talking side over here. Your humanity is a known quantity to God. In other words, he knows you're frail. And he loves you anyway. See, see, some of y'all don't even know how to shout on good news. I, I know you don't want anybody to realize that you're frail. You know, we, we do a great job putting on front. We do a great job hiding our insecurities. We do a great job hiding our pain and our hurt. We do a great job hiding when we're going through stuff. We do a great job hiding when stuff ain't right. We camouflage ourselves and put on a mask. We got ladies have nice makeup they can put on and jewelry they can put on and a pretty dress and they can tie it all down and put it in place, put a little spandex here and a little tape there and make everything look like everything is everything. But you know on the inside you're still hurting some brother in here you try to make yourself look good and feel better by getting a fancy car or putting on some nice jewelry or getting a better cologne but you know your stuff ain't all together you know there's some issues in your life and even your issues got issues but but God still knows your humanity and he recognizes you not the person you make yourself up to be but the person you are when the you of you is laid bare before the God of all gods. And he loves you anyway. See, uh, can I help somebody? The only people that try to limit God's love are folk who think they can judge other folks' lives. So they want to ask, give God a criterion for love and to tell God how much he can forgive because that's what they need for themselves. They need limits so that they know how much they're supposed to give. If you notice, all the limitations in the Bible surround humanity's request. You, Peter says, to, to Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive? You know, they keep hurting me. They keep doing things to me. How many times am I supposed to give? And Jesus looks at us said, what's wrong with you, boy? Don't you realize how many times you're going to need forgiveness? 
Seven times, seven times, 77. You, you need to realize you need to keep forgiving others because you need forgiveness yourself. You need to realize that there's no limit to God's loving and God's forgiving and God's keeping and God's blessing because God loves you in spite of your humanity. I'm just talking. I feel, I feel that. Here, here, here. They get up there on the top of the mountain. I, I got to hurry. Just, and they get up there. They get up there. They get there. And they're having an occasion. Because when they open their eyes up, Jesus is standing there with two men in deep conversation. And they immediately recognize Elijah and Moses. God Almighty. There's an old doo-wop song, I believe it was. This magic moment. Y'all excuse me. I, I'm dating Brother Ulysses. I, that's, that's, that's his generation. Him and Sister Christine. That, that, no, 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 no. Maybe that's Coach's generation. That's, yeah, that's... That, 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 there is... There is this, uh, this thing that, that moments are meaningful. Moments are meaningful. You need to realize that. I, 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 you see, when God touches and moves, it's a meaningful thing. What was happening at that moment was meaningful because it had fulfillment attached to it. Jew, Jew, Jewish, Jewish script said that, that before the Messiah, Moses and Elijah would come. And here Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah. I'm, I'm about to bless your bones. The moment was meaningful. Uh, Jesus is standing there talking to the lawgiver on one hand and the prophet on the other. The two central key figures of Israel's history are standing next to him, deep in conversation. They're talking to him. The moment is meaningful. But, but how meaningful is it? Well, if you go to Luke's gospel, Luke says that, 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 that they not only were standing there with him, as Matthew exclaimed, but Luke says that they talked to him. And they told him that he must go on his journey and he must die. And the word there is the word exodus. That he must get ready for his death. It's a death preparing moment. That moment of ecstasy was to prepare him so that he would know that the cross is the next stop. And don't worry about this. God's got you, but you can't stop here. You've got work to do. I feel something up in here. I, I, I almost, I almost want to go on. <laughs> you, you, but, but, but just because the moment was meaningful did not mean they needed to stay there. Oh, let me help somebody here. Let me help you. You, you, you know, I, um, I was so glad I, 
not too long ago, did a beautiful wedding for a lovely couple. They stood before me right here. I'm not going to out them, call them out, but it was a beautiful wedding, lovely wedding. Good looking people, good looking people, good looking people. Good looking people. They look, look real good. It was a beautiful wedding, beautiful time. Uh, they, they got tied the knot, jumped the broom, moved into matrimony. The moment was meaningful. Y'all got me here? It was wonderful, exciting. But as good as the wedding was, the moment here was just a moment in preparation for a lifetime. Y'all miss it, went over somebody's head. I'm gonna go back down the alley on this side here. You, you, you gotta realize that just because the moment needs to happen and just because the moment is meaningful does not mean that you need to stay there in that moment because the moment has done what the moment was intended to do. Don't be disappointed that you don't get married five, six, seven times. Your name ain't Elizabeth Taylor. What you need is one good mate to love you the rest of your day. <sighs> Old folk got that young folk trying to figure it out. Say with me. Uh, but, but the second thing in the text, and, and, and my, my oh, Lord, I'm get you. I got to get you out of here. Memorials are memorable. What, 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 what Peter says, after seeing the glory, he said, let us build three tabernacles. And the reason for three tabernacles is to make a memorial to the moment that we just experienced. But it was also so that if he creates three shelters, maybe we can make the moment linger beyond its momentary function. Let, let's build three tabernacles. Let's, let's build three tabernacles. Wait a minute, Peter. We're not going to build three tabernacles here because that's not what this is about. This here is a setup for something greater. Look at somebody right now. Say, neighbor, the anointing you felt this morning is a setup for something greater. You missed it. You missed it. I need to help somebody. The anointing you felt, the presence of God, the glory you experienced is a setup for something greater. Don't try to memorialize it. Just remember what happened and recognize the next time you get into trouble, that same anointing will well up in you as strength, as power, as favor. But Keith, I'm going to close right here. I want to leave you here, but I don't want to leave you devoid of the third point of the message because it's important that you get this part. You got to realize that mountains are mystical. I'm going to bless your bones right here. If you notice, they went up into the mountain. It could have been Mount Tabor, but it was probably Mount Horeb. They went up into the mountain, and it was up 
in the mountain that they had a mysterious experience with God. Y'all ain't got it yet. They went up. But Carl, I can't do it like you. They went up into the mountain. But it was there that they had an experience with God. Look at somebody say, neighbor, you better find your mountain. It's time to go a little higher. I just need two or three witnesses. When they got up in the mountain, they got there and the glory of the Lord descended in the mountain. Maybe, maybe y'all missed it. So let me backtrack one more time and make it, make it plain. I did say they had Elijah and Moses, each of which were the key figures of the Old Testament, one the lawgiver and one the prophet, and each of which had experiences in the mountain. Moses, up on Sinai, went to the mountain, and it was there at Sinai that God gave him the law. And when God gave him the Ten Commandments, the Bible says that his countenance changed, that his face changed, his body changed, his clothing changed because he had had an experience with God. Y'all missed it, went over your head. I'm going, I'm going to leave you in just a minute. I got to leave you. Elijah, at the end of his journey, goes up to Mount Horeb in the mountain. And it is in the mountain place when his spirit is low that God meets him in the mountain, in the mouth of the cave. And there God speaks to him, not in loudness, not in thunder, not in lightning, but in a still small voice. You need to recognize that mountaintop experiences are the places where you receive something that you can't get in the valley. I'm done. I'm done with y'all. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I'm going to my mountain. I want to see God in a brand new way. I'm going to my mountain to see God's face. There's an anointing waiting on me in the mountain. I'm going a little higher. I know I can't stay there, but I need power. 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 For what's next? I need power. Come on, give him a praise. Do me one more favor. I'm done. I'm done. I really am. Somebody said, what was the glory? Look at somebody say, neighbor, it was the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah? The Shekinah glory. 
Lift your hands and say, God, give me that glory. I got to close. God, give me that glory. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me extend the invitation this morning. I, I, got, I got so much more. I'm coming back with the Shekinah next week. I got, I got some Shekinah glory to talk about. I, I got to, oh, glory. I, oh, I feel the glory.